Chronicles of Bruce Street Mafia. This is a Red Dog Fred production. The Logical Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Lodge. Today, I have a very special guest and a very dear friend of mine, Dr. Danny Kimberlin. And this is the first time he's done anything like this. It's been a little overwhelming as we've prepared in the studio, but welcome. Thank right. you for being here. Well, thank, thanks for having me. I have a special connection to you. We were talking earlier that uh, I've known you since I was what? Oh, we have a car alarm going off. I would say 10 or 12. Probably, since I was 10 or 12. Yeah. yeah. So you were 20-something um, years. Interested in photography. Yes. Uh, even at that early age, which I was not. You gave me my first camera. Right. I remember that. It was now. a Nikon yeah. F4. Okay. I still so have it. It comes back. Yeah, I still have it. Wow. I still have all the lenses for it. I bought more lenses for it. I used it. I won uh, a photograph couple photography competitions. So now that's not digital, right? No, that was yeah. all yeah, that's yeah, all old school. Had to yeah. do the stop and all that kind of yeah, all the wow. f stop yeah. and all that. So did you ever get a digital camera? Uh, you know, nothing that nice. That that one was, and it was such a beater. It was such a big, heavy brick of a camera, and I loved it so much. But I just, I never got anything nicer than that. So yeah, I just had one digital that was really nice right. if i had known i just sold it if i had known <laughs> that you were looking for one I would no i'm not looking for one but i still love photography it's still something yeah. i do i just do it on my phone and stuff like that but uh yeah. and we also have a special connection because uh you are a retired OBGYN, and you birthed my first child my son Yes, bear. So, yeah, bear. The bear. So, the bear man. Yeah. So, uh, and, Great kid. Yeah, and you've watched all three of my children grow up, uh, good friends with my mother and father. So, so cute. Yeah. I don't know where they get it from, but they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been to uh, how many countries? Let's, let's tell people why you're really here and what we're going to talk about. How many countries have you? So you're one of the most well-traveled people that I know. How many countries have you been to so far? What's the count? 108. 108. Yeah, I... Um, 108 different countries. Yes. Yes. That um, I only met one person with more countries. And he had like 180. Wow. Which is absurd, but he... he had some kind of a a big money come into his life. Gotcha. I mean, lots of it. So right. he was about 50 years old, and he wanted to see every country in the world. And now he said, I can do it. So he set out about to do it, and he came wow. really close. And some of them are hard to count because – whether or not they're counted as a country and who recognizes yeah. them as a country and borders yeah. change and right I exactly yeah. and, and the countries become non-countries and get a different name right I mean, it's or they're it's, stateless or th there's yeah. no uh i mean you don't have to to do this you don't have to count countries right just, but 108 just, yeah that's, and, and that's you know I, I was thinking about this you know, obviously, uh, you, you and your wife worked very hard at your practice for many, many, many years. Um, it provided you the opportunity to be able to travel. 
and and really it's 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 fascinating when i look at you as a friend i think about how connected you are to life in your job a big part of your job is bringing life into the world and you've seen a lot over the years in that in every spectrum of of the human emotion i'm sure you can imagine mm -hmm. and then yes. when you travel you spend your time traveling not to necessarily the normal destinations that normal people tend to go but you're connecting with life with other cultures and so it's like you have this genuine connected soul and i think anyone who knows you and meets you including people from all over the world can relate that you do have a genuine love for life and appreciation for life and you can just go to these different countries and really enjoy yourself and really connect with the people that you meet and i want to hear about some of the stories and i know i kind of caught you off guard so we brought some pictures we're going to look at some pictures perhaps and we can mm -hmm. maybe hear about some of these crazy stories over the years of 108 different countries yeah. that you visited i i never met in all of my travels over the years which i guess is about 55 years i never met anybody who was more than 100 countries i had some in their 90s wow um, but i was the only one except for the 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 guy who became able to just quit work and he did he and his wife went on a six month around the world cruise like three or four times wow and i mean you see all kinds i mean you it's gonna be hard to compete with that right because i'm still working but it really <laughs> wasn't about that it, you know it became a little bit kind of sporty yeah know, i mean I, at a hundred when yeah, you i mean yeah, yeah when you even get close to like a hundred and you're you're like oh yeah, wow i i can't believe that i've experienced yeah. so much and and you've and you've probably a lot of those experiences almost get lost because it is such a huge part of your life i mean to go to 108 countries i mean it's hard to keep every one of those cherished memories and experiences that you had in those random moments and a lot of these countries i mean i need to let people know you have a a book you're you're an author and uh you're two, two working on three two, two books working on three excuse me and uh um you, your books uh well the one book that i've read is amazing um and it is a compilation of your uh photography which is what you're known for um and what your passion is and um your photography really tells a lot of these tales and what we were talking about earlier which i find so fascinating is these pictures remind you mm -hmm. they bring back these memories they bring back these feelings they open up your mind to yeah. what yeah. happened 25 years ago or 30 years ago yeah it can get really jumbled <laughs> right well 108 countries yeah. that's yeah my wife is just lost right you know she goes and she loves going she wants she had she had 102 countries she has six lessons from yeah. climbing right uh, a lot of the trips were big climbing trips and she didn't want to do that she did climb kilimanjaro wow uh and that's that's the job and, yeah, and she job. did it and then she said that's it and i said i'm going to the highest mountain in the world and and tom g yeah who you know and i did that two years later 
I remember uh, that. I, yeah. I remember because uh, the hospital had a tracker um, in the cafeteria, and it was like a mountain of Kilimanjaro, and it had a picture of you guys on there, and it and it went up as it showed as you guys were climbing. So, yeah, yeah. People knew about this, yeah. and uh, and were excited, and, yeah. and and you know it was it was fun to yeah. um, to uh, experience this and and climb the highest peak in Africa and the most famous mountain in the world, probably. Right. And people come from all over the world to climb Kilimanjaro. Only one third of people go all the way to the top. And um, we did, everybody in, in my group Some went all the way to the yeah. top. Uh, Dr. Gulish uh, had, went a month before me and Martha Joe and Tom Chi. We were in one group. We, we couldn't fix it to where we could all go together just because of our schedules right and what you know our job so he went in august to climb kilimanjaro with two of his kids and six other people and we went the next month and <clears throat> didn't see each other you know but we you know we knew what what had happened with him and everything was fine he struggled a little bit uh but but he made it and then we followed up the, the very next month uh, and everybody, and there was one person, if I didn't say this, there was one person in his group who did not make it, mm. which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but our group was really a, a, a unique a good, success story. Good climb, yeah. A good climbing group. Really, we still, that, that was in 1997, we still um, talked and are friends with two of the people and you know, we talk about having a 50-year reunion, uh, or maybe a 25 would be better. Woo! But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we—it it really you bond. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. You, this is tough. This yeah, is, of course. This is not an easy day. Yeah, it's actually eight days, and um, uh, 25's coming up though. Yeah, not, 97. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now that we've said this, I just might try to do that there you go martha joe goal yeah she would she would like to Say do something like that too um but you ready for to hear a little bit about the story for um hey I, I, we've got no agenda so i know you we have here a picture of a um, charging elephant. a charging elephant if you yeah. if you look on your screen we have this picture and it looks like there's a couple people laying down or any of those people you that's four yeah i'm the one Right there with the red jacket. The red jacket. Okay. And that is our guide. His name is Tuto. We are in Botswana, way down in southern Africa. And this is a lady from Texas, and this is another lady from Maine. So and the, and, Okay, so the two other people that are laying down, so the one in the front, for those of you, uh, the one in the front um, closest to the elephant is the guide. Right. And then the other two people laying down are both from Texas, and then you're in the red. Yes, they're actually from Maine. Or Maine, sorry. Yeah, and, and uh, she's from Texas. In Texas. Okay. So what what happened Who was... Who took this picture, by the way? My wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's in. She's she's the only smart one. She stayed now, in... how far in, away was she? 
probably from here to where those doors are back there. So we're talking 15, 20 yards. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that would be about right. So still really close. Yeah, the, she had the she was in, installed into the inside of this vehicle. Oh, and for the most part, the animals aren't going to mess with that. But in, in general, they don't charge humans. They're they're afraid. I mean, there's so many animals being poached, and elephants are smart. They are smart animals. They know what's happening to them when all of these people come and and kill their babies kill the you know they just kill all anything they can get a hold of and get the get the ivory from it so they are not normally in a mood to charge uh, a person and so that that was what i'm sure tuto was thinking he came up to me we were botswana was part of of, of the english Commonwealth for a long time. They just got okay. out a few years ago. So um, Tuto was about 35 years old and he was a, a rising star. And he, he was smart. He was good. I mean, he dealt with people well. He, he um, just had a good trip going and still had a good trip after this happened but it was a little bit um, worrisome there for a minute so, so what made the what made the elephant uh charge you guys okay i can't say that that you know we'll ever know that okay um but if you can't see but this is a track a, a dirt track going into yeah, a bunch like of a scrub like this. The, yeah. yeah, behind okay. the back right there. He was, like coming, he was coming toward us, and Tuto saw him and, and said, you know, you, you know, it might be really neat for us to go lay down on the ground and look up as he's coming our way because he was a, a long way from us and just, just goofing off a little bit and seeming to enjoy the day and had no idea we were there because they don't see very well he had to get inside the 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 zone that that he could smell and that took a minute or two like nobody was counting but uh, eventually he got to about right here on, on the road and you could see him completely change his his affect i mean he so he caught wind of you yes he smelled us. Right. You bet. And we're taking pictures. We're not worried. What they generally do is take a wide berth and then just keep going. And I mean, they just, it's unlikely for them to do a serious charge. They'll bluff charge, but they they won't really do but if what you're this one down. Did. And you don't look like as much of a threat as four people standing up. Yeah, you you know that's something I mean, else to, like yeah, to, to think about. <laughs> something to think about. <laughs> he actually did take the wide berth at first, and he was mad. He he was flipping his those big ears back him. and forth. Yeah. Well. Yeah, when we we're not he 
probably didn't like us being in his territory and he he may be a young male right and, and starting to get his his uh testosterone yeah on. his yeah. testosterone and his ignorance from that right <laughs> just kidding about that of course yeah i don't know uh, <laughs> you're, you're the doctor <laughs> but, so he he would he was stomping he was snorting he was flipping those ears back and forth and and then he'd take a fast step and then he then he would slow up you know fast several steps and then he would uh slow down again and look at us like he just you know but we nobody was paying attention we we were doing the photography thing and then all of a sudden he's back about right there and he just turns it on <clears throat> and he's coming you can see the dust right that, that yeah. the animals kicking up yeah. and he you know there's this crazy rule when you go into the wilderness with big tough animals that you're not supposed to run from them i'm sure you've heard heard about that rule yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i don't that's it's it's the most counterintuitive thing because <laughs> we kind of have this thing built into us where called fight or flight mm -hmm. and i don't know i did not see a very giant high caliber gun in that picture so the next nope. thing i would want to do would be fly nope. i'd want to run mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really almost ridiculous to think that somebody with a grizzly bear charging them or even if you had a gun yeah yeah, yeah what is yeah. that yeah. i mean if, if if you have enough time to, to get it ready and you want to take a shot go for it but most people don't yeah well right right yeah i mean they can keep going yeah. for quite a while so when he came from us we thought i mean came toward us all of us thought that he was just going to bluff charge because mm -hmm. we have seen plenty of bluff charges, but he didn't. He kept coming. And at some point, I, I said three times, Tuto, what are we going to do? And I said it loud like I meant it. What are we going to do? And I'm still taking pictures just like that. But I wanted to know. Don't move stay where you are mm -hmm. three times mm -hmm. i asked him three times and, and he, he responded said, Don't yeah move. and it was till about right there in the picture when after he had said his last uh, stay where you are mm -hmm. then he said loud get up run run let's get up run <laughs> this is our moment yes yeah this guy's gonna keep coming and then the three of us headed for the safari v right. van over here and we didn't i mean we just did what, what we're supposed to do we're running and tuto on the other hand jumped up straight up in the air in front of the elephant mm -hmm. and had his arms spread out so trying to make himself look large that and then he brought them together and screamed as loud as he could scream yeah i mean just made a humongous amount of noise and the elephant was totally surprised i mean he just hit the brakes 
and that gave all of us time enough yeah we two-tone yeah my goodness gracious yeah it was i'm sure he was trained you owe that man a country (laughs) ham or something yeah yeah we um he felt bad because he made the suggestion when he finally got in the in the vehicle i mean he was just i'm sure yeah Yeah. i'm sure yeah. yeah yeah And the rest of us really weren't. It hadn't sunk in. We were kind of laughing. You were, you were following direction, and he was the mm-hmm. one that was carrying, bearing the responsibility and knew how close you had come. Exactly. And, oh, and, and he had come. Yeah, and he had you know, come. He started, he's, young, yeah. he's a young man. Right. And um, he felt very bad. And as the day wore on, we began to – like kind of realized yeah how close this you came this to was like from a bull elephant and you know i, I had been told that my wife uh, <laughs> took plenty of pictures of of this and so i was interested in what that was going to look like and and that's it yeah uh there were several more but that was the best one but uh, when the elephant s- stopped then he he moved away from us and then he would stop and he would bluff charge and just he was snorting he was a mad angry yeah, elephant. He, yeah. He, he's got to have probably a lot of testosterone most of the time in, in my experience and i'm sure in yours as well um with as much as you're in the wilderness all over the world and even here um in my experience you know uh, most animals are afraid of human beings Mm-hmm. Even Especially big, even, yeah, yeah. Even big animals are afraid of human beings. But when you encounter an, an animal, I don't care the size. I don't care if it's the size of a mouse. I don't care if it's the size of an elephant. When you encounter an, an animal that's not afraid of you, <laughs> right? Then yeah, all of a sudden, a big yeah. Then all of a sudden, a big man that has a, a small mouse climbing up yeah. his pant leg is, you know, uh, yeah. So and but I couldn't imagine a bull elephant because you you really aren't left with many options here. I mean, you're it's, no, it's and you're and you're listening to this person, this guide, and you're taking these pictures, and I'm sure there is some sort of, oh well, this isn't happening to me in the sense of. I'm not about to be stomped to death by an elephant, but really, in all honesty, it, the pictures show very clearly you were about to be stomped mm-hmm. yeah. to death by an elephant. It, it is. It, it's weird how how none of the other three got up and ran. Uh, I, when I think back on it, that's what I would do next time. Right. And uh, say to heck with Tuto. Yeah. Um, well, Tuto, yeah. yeah, like I said, you you owe that dude a country ham dinner or something. You better we yeah, we need did. to contact yeah. Tuto yeah. again and give yeah. him. A, he know he knows. Yeah, he knows yeah. what happened. Yeah, this was <laughs> this was early in the trip, and and, yeah. and he knows we we owed him a lot, and he felt bad about making. So when you're going to these places, I mean, obviously you you've 108 countries, so you kind of know how to navigate the bureaucracy and how to get hooked up with guides and how to kind of get the right people on your team because it's not as if you're just a solo individual being dropped into this country unknown. I mean, it sounds like, you know, Tuto and all these, there's a lot of planning. So how do you, like... How do you know that when you're in Botswana, in the the depths of the savanna, and you're literally putting your life in the hands of these people, 
obviously you're trusting them. I mean, you're out on this safari in the middle of nowhere in, in the African subcontinent. I mean, yeah. what what what's your vetting process? I mean, how do you... Well... Um, there's a lot of trust involved. I mean, there's a lot of exchange of trust, I guess. The, the tourism is, is an important industry for Africa. Uh, it's, it's a cash uh, industry coming in from countries like the United States, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Germany, England. I mean, there's, there's a lot of money coming into them and into these different countries in Africa or South America the less affluent countries, but they have something that we want to see. Right. And we're, we're willing to pay more money than most people think because it's a poor country, then it should be cheap to go. It's, but it's not. But, Correct. But we're getting everything done for us. I, I was a very busy obstetrician and I just was not interested in trying to design a trip for me in Tanzania that I've barely heard of, much less ever visited. And these, this, is a, this is an American company. We used all American companies, and they... Were the, the liaison. Yeah, there's a liaison with, with the company. That structured all of this. They all, yeah, the, the American company works with so the you African. you just like pick a country and then you're just like, all right. They all, just about all today. No, like here's the here's the day you leave and here's your itinerary, mm -hmm. here's all this stuff. and It's all, we get catalogs right. and we just take our, take our pick. And from, go. Yeah, and it's easy. Well, it, it's not easy to travel halfway around the world, but but it's. I was say, like, what is the some of the the? You're talking about 108 countries. What what's some of the lengthiest? I mean, I know you've gone by boat. You've gone by. I mean. Yeah, I've the rail. Longest trip I ever did was six weeks. Jet ski. I okay. mean, what are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talking about travel. Yeah. I was doing a lot of air airplane right i mean that's how you have to do it right. to get there and um uh, or at least to get to where you can get in a uh, a van and then go to your final destination where the animals are because people in africa don't necessarily want to live near the animals so we fly into uh kilimanjaro airport is is one we used a lot in tanzania and then you get in your safari vehicle and off you go and that's that's the way you stay until it's time to, and sometimes we we would have to do um a, a small plane trip you know to get up into some really distant and out of the way right. place that we wanted to see and uh but for the most part it's very 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 well organized I never the only trip that I took and I I went to East Africa like five times maybe I, I hardly ever went just one time I, I mean I've been around and I've been to the 108 places and I've been to a lot of these many times and it's just all gone well except for New Guinea and they told me before I went, 
they said Danny, he was my Asian rep, mm-hmm. and, and that was his specialty. And he said, I don't want you to go to New Guinea. And I really wanted to go. Um, now, why? Because they have a lot of amazing, exotic birds of paradise that I was, was hoping that I would run into. Right. And they... <clears throat> New Guinea is a very interesting, interesting place that's unlike anywhere else in the have world. Have you ever been? Uh, no, I've never been to New Guinea, but okay. I, I know a little right. bit about the diversity and, yeah. uh, I mean... A lot of tribes. Oh, it's in uh, the languages, the amount of languages yeah. that are there that Religions. aren't related, the religions that are there that aren't related at all to one another, yeah. the DNA that's there that's not related to one another. I mean, it's it's a fascinating place, and these, these tribes are separated that don't know the others exist, and they're not I mean, the way the crow flies necessarily that far from one another, but the treacherous terrain that separates some of these tribes from one another, even knowing that they exist, is pretty incredible. I mean, yeah, it's a and there's there's been a lot of nefarious things go on in New Guinea as far as uh, European influence and uh, um, as far as erasing in, some of that Indonesia. culture. Indonesia, yes. Indonesia is another it's one causing the problem. Yeah, yeah. that's they're they're taking it over. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, the the local people don't want that. Right. And there's a lot of tension, and that's why he said, "Let's just skip this." Um, I, I just. So there's like mili- military from like Indonesia, like in New Guinea. Yes. Really. Yeah. N- not much, but it was there. Enough and that it was maybe something fishy was going on that shouldn't have been borders as far as like tension between those two countries well you know the indonesian the the country of indonesia was taking over new guinea and saying this is ours oh wow okay okay this belong it's it's they did the same thing in borneo and and several other countries um it's the big island nations have got islands all out in right. the Indian Ocean, and it's the largest Muslim country in the world is Indonesia. Indonesia, yeah, yeah. largest got, population, it's got, yeah, yeah, about three hundred million. Right, and, it's huge. Um, so I get I got another call back, and this was this was the one time when I would say that I I was not um, pleased with how things turned out and and they should have known better um this guy did so many trips for me and did them incredibly well i I didn't say anything Mm -hmm. um but there's just a huge amount of tension between the indonesian people and the local people and i I had i had an indonesian guide and i can show you a picture in here where one yeah, of the, one of the well no it's not it's not in here you okay it, it, we, we would have to we'll, we'll get to it okay. sometime um but he turns around he's walking in front of me and he turns around you probably saw this and draws his arrow and just aims it and this is one of the tribesmen in in New Guinea. yep it is and, and he aims it at you right at me and you you this is a great time for you to take a picture is what you say I, so when I, someone's pointing I did, an arrow, yeah. 
bow and arrow at yeah. your heart. It's in the book. Take, you just think, take a look. hey, I'm going to take a picture. Yeah, it's That's in, what a normal person would do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did. But <laughs> actually, my guide was right next to me, and I said, you know, he was about 15 or 20 feet ahead of me. And with another guy. That the was, man shooting. Or yeah, the, the, guy, the guy with the bow had was had somebody going with him about 15 or 20 feet in front of me and the Indonesian guy. And we're just going along to, to the village. And bef well before we got there, this guy just did this and, I mean, and held it. Now, I don't know if he was trying to give me a good picture or if he was telling me how much he didn't like the Indonesian people. I don't know. We never found out. Good but picture. It's an incredible picture. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. But you think maybe that. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I mean, the connection with life. You have yeah. such a beautiful connection with human humanity <laughs> that you're, this guy is pointing a bow and arrow at your heart, and you're still giving him the benefit of the doubt by saying, maybe he was just posing for a good picture. <laughs> I've never, I, you know, I, I do remember the picture and remember seeing it, and I'm, I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and speak and say from this guy's position, um, he was not he had no intent he was he was doing this probably out of aggression you know i would imagine well, yeah <clears throat> well there were there picture. were some there were some other things and you don't have yeah. this picture on here on this flash drive yes i do oh, but do. it's a long way away um it would be new guinea new guinea yes He's interesting. We can just go through the pictures if you want. No, it's fine. We do it. Let's see here. We're learning. We're learning. There you go. So there's the picture of yeah. the man in question. Do we know this guy's name? <laughs> Not really. Let's bring that up on there the screen. He there he is. It's, it's aimed right at me, obviously. And um, we're walking to a village, and then he gets up. You're in the kill zone. Uh, yeah, yep. After after he he did this, he stood up and turned around and just started walking. And the guy that he was with stopped when he did this. He neither one of them said anything. And you know, I'm talking to my Indonesian guy, and I said, "What's going on here?" Nobody told me this was going to happen. And and he said, "I don't know." I don't know. And he, he waited, and we both did until he finally just got so up. Was the, are the Indonesian guys, like, armed or anything? Or no, 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 not the guys. Gotcha. But, but they have they have an... You of course, know, you're going to run into armed militia and military-like people and paramilitary people in all of these third-world countries. I mean, I'm sure that's just going right. to be a matter-of-fact mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. That and, and that's what he... The, the, my travel advisor was trying to tell me and then when he called me back and said i think it is okay for you to go i never really talked to him about that because i was really excited i said okay mm -hmm. I, i've never had a problem i mean everything has always gone fine and this is what was just a like my hundred and second or third country so you know i had been a lot of places and 
I just couldn't believe that anything yeah, could imagine was going to happen. Be your third or fourth country to visit would be like, I think I'm going to yeah. take up tennis or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, that's that's what happens. And um, so, are, are you? Uh, I, I, you know, it's it, it is such an interesting uh, country. Um, can, yeah, can we you can, go through, and I can, can just tell you a little bit about some of these. Let's see here. This is one non-native, and the rest are natives. And this is what you see when you go to New Guinea. And and I was the only one there. There was nobody else around as far as tourists. I saw one other tourist there besides me. That that's a little nerve-wracking. And you are the one that doesn't have a, a penis gourd. Exactly. Okay. They offered me one. Really? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So said, for those of you that are just listening, um, the the tribes people are <laughs> the the men have a gourd that is in sh covering their penis. Obviously, Dr. Camberlin does not have one on his. Uh, but he was. You were offered. I, I opted. Not you, to. Op you opted some not people, to do it. It doesn't look comfortable, do. <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's pretty weird. Yeah. Um, but hey, each their own, you know. But this is this was after uh, I had done actually a little mountain climb going up in. Um, so how familiar were these people with um, Westerners? I mean, obviously you said tourism um, is a part of. Uh, well, I mean, that there was tourism available because this Indonesian fellow was a part of a tourist group. I mean, so how how many encounters would you say that these people had with Westerners prior to you? Well, most people who go to Indonesia are going to stay on the coast because they have some fabulous diving locations. So is New Guinea technically a part of Indonesia? You're saying no. Okay, I didn't no. think so. I thought it was a no. But country. Indonesia is taking them over. Okay. And okay. I mean, it's a coup, basically. Gotcha. Uh, just, I mean, that's how history goes. Okay. I mean, New Guinea really can't fend off Indonesia. They they're don't. Not a, they're they don't not really have, united. I mean, no, there's a million no, different I'm, languages and, and tribes. They don't, and they don't yeah. have the weaponry. They don't right. have the the. The military, I mean, they just, they they're don't not have any ready. lithium or anything, do they? That we could maybe help them out, you know? Have <laughs> any what? Lithium or anything like that, you know, <laughs> help them out. If they had some, like, minerals or something, I'm sure we, the U.S. would be there in a heartbeat, you know, help, helping out, helping defend their, their country. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, what, so. Now, this is just a, uh, a, a battle. It's a dance. And they're, um. It's part of their tribal culture, and it's it's all for show. That they're, they're mm -hmm. not shooting anything. Uh, some of them have spears, and, and others have the bow and arrow. And uh, they do have real fights with other tribes under the right circumstances. Uh, I don't think they're doing that near as much as they they have in the past. Well, because a lot of the tribes have been eradicated and murdered over the years, and especially in yeah, the beginning. So I, I especially would, the more yeah. violent tribes have been hunted down and, and killed. So Yeah. 
Borneo went through that same thing. Right. And, but they're pretty settled now. Borneo is becoming they killed a, a lot of the violent uh, tribes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They uh, they eliminated. I mean, Borneo is just basically a almost like a coffee plantation. They're, right. They're doing. They're they're growing uh, some type of oil for for cooking and such things that, that I'm oh, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some is it, type is it palm of oil? palm oil yeah. <laughs> yes and so there it's just like a monoculture then they're just ripping yes. down rainforest at a breakneck <clears throat> yeah absolutely yeah 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 the 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 orangutan is probably going into become, oblivion yeah and it, I read except about this. yeah, yeah it's but, terrible I got to go in in an airplane and to fly over Borneo and it's I'm telling you it's unbelievable all everywhere as far as you go in this airplane you are seeing nothing but the palm. palm oil yeah uh, it, it's like uh, the orange trees of Florida. Right. I mean, they just dominate. Yeah. And, and it's getting more and more and more. And I mean, it's heartbreaking. It is when you're losing. But at some the same the, time, you 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 telling the economic engines that are driving these these people yeah, that are in desperation, it, and and they're mm -hmm. probably not. And this isn't even probably helping them. They're probably lining the pockets of the, some the rich people, Dutch merchant yeah, yeah, across that, the world or some. They I, get don't know, paid I don't know how pennies. this works, but yeah, you know, well, it, you know, it, I'm just saying that it, the, the, the people that are at the at the bottom of this in Borneo are probably still suffering or probably still losing their culture probably still losing you know territorial lands and things like that i mean it's just a, it's rough yeah um, so i know we're we are um running out of time i didn't know if you wanted to look at this at more of these or if you wanted to look at a different cover a different story or well just this picture right do here. that one yeah and this is part of the culture of some tribes is when they when they lose a love a real loved one that they chop off the tips of the fingers the tips of the fingers and at, at the joint mm -hmm. and they're not doing it so much anymore but you ran into quite a few people who are older like this lady was and now, what was this tribe this was an Anamoyga okay. tribe, and that's the tribe that I, that's the only one that I spent any time with. I, I stayed with them. And the same guy that tried to shoot you in the heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you can you can see that, that they really, Yeah, so those of you that they are watching, they've, yeah, mm -hmm. he's yeah. got a picture of this uh, woman with her hands outstretched, and she's missing, it uh, looks like six yeah. fingers, Boom. six tips. Yeah, yeah. and then that one's... Uh, Maybe short thumb, i don't know yeah or that one for sure yeah that one yeah yes, so yeah. okay wow. um let's see if we can advance before we get brought to an end um this is kind of interesting this oh, is go back yeah that's uh okay obviously what it is it's a it's a lookout and i mean this cool. is tall. I want to build one. It's tall. For my I'm, kids. I'm telling you. Hunt a deer from it. It looks I'm awesome. I am telling you. 
You gotta have Bear guts needs one of those. to do that. Do what? Bear needs one of these. <laughs> Give him something to do. He's got too much energy. Right? I mean, I see how you uh, climb it and everything. That's so cool. Man. It is. It is. It would take guts. Yeah. It would take guts just to build it, let alone mm, climb up on yeah, top of it. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this was part of the um, the <clears throat> the war dance that they were right. doing. You know, they were all down up under here, and he went up and defended or whatever you know i mean right. who understands all of the the meaning behind this but it's 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 very interesting okay go ahead and, and advance did you want to look at these or you want to look at a different yeah yeah let's see we've done we've done most of them you want to look at this um the why how much time do we have because that's gonna that's really <laughs> that's really a good trip to talk and we make can talk a lot about it <laughs> so we probably ought to hold hold off okay. on that um this is a treasure yeah. trove so someone that's that's traveled 108 countries we're deciding what what it is that we're uh, trying to talk about in the limited amount of time that we have so uh, uh um, we got that, about 15 minutes yeah oh, okay. you want to talk about some humpbacks yeah yeah, yeah. let's do so we're going to talk about, um, we have a folder here that intrigues me very much called mm. Humpback Whales. So, so tell me about where, where are you? Who are you with? This is, this is Humpback Whales of the Silverbanks. The Silverbanks are located, it's a 5,000 square mile preserve for Humpback Whales. North, I mean, if you go to the Dominican Republic, you probably won't see it titled on, on a map, although I have, but that's where it is. We flew into um, the Dominican Republic, spent the night, the first night, then we spent the rest of the day going around and seeing what we could see, and then that evening, we got on a boat and drove all night on a boat. And I mean, it was like, I mean, it was a, an interesting boat. Treacherous journey. It, it was for people who get seasick and almost everybody did. I was about to say, or yeah. those that don't yeah. even. <laughs> it sounds yeah. terrible. I, I never get seasick, but my wife, I mean, I'm if you're, jump, you, if you're doing would, that, for hours, there's it's inevitable. It's it's going to be hard. Virtually for you to, all night. Yeah. All night. Yeah. I mean, I, I tr she had all the pills and the yeah, suppositories, yeah. and she got them all. Yeah. She was probably OD'd, you know, just <laughs> by love. You know, I felt so bad for her. You know, I, oh I just she gosh. was sick, sick. Oh my god! And come to find out the next day, <laughs> man. I mean, we get out. It's like. This is there's only two places in the world that you are legally allowed to go into the water and swim with humpback whales. Oh wow! And this is one of them, and then the so, Tonga Island is another. So, um, so we have pictures of you swimming. Oh yeah. This is the the climax of our week here, and wow. I'm I'm going to start. 
before this. This is this is a, an amazing thing that happened, and kind of like the elephant, it really surprised us, but it didn't hurt us or scare us. So we're we're in this 5,000 square miles. We anchor the this this boat that oh i guess there must have been 20 people or 25 people counting you know the employees and the the cooks the people who took care of everything and then we had guides to go out on the boat to find the humpback whales so that we could get in the water and see them and then we had there were like 12 in our group of people who were tourists wow. visiting wow so it's a big boat yeah and we had to go and every one of them said <laughs> uh, yeah it's a quiet morning <laughs> yeah, yeah the yeah. next morning there wasn't a party going yeah. on um, but we would go out in smaller uh, boats um, and look for the whales and when we find them anchor and, and then get in the water and swim around with the humpbacks um somehow i don't know how these people learned how to know where to find we were out in the middle of nowhere i mean nowhere there was nothing you could see anywhere except water and we had gone 80 miles that night and we never saw anybody else but us and it, it was just a, a, an amazing experience just like the wilderness but uh, if we have time, let me tell you what, how the humpback works. They migrate. They migrate in the spring up to Greenland. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's when they eat and feed. Right. There's lots of stuff for them to eat and feed up in Greenland in right. the far north. If you're in the Pacific Ocean, I would be telling you Alaska. But we're in the Atlantic pool here, so it's Greenland. Way up there where it's cold, humpbacks love it. And they're eating krill, right? Yes. Right. Yes. They, they're, they have the baleen, right. and they're they the just trap it all baleen. in there. Correct. Yeah, it's incredible yeah. to watch them catch fish in, in, their, in their, um, this big... Toothy whatever. <laughs> well, it, it, this one is the one that swept swells up and stretches so that they can get oh, wow. lots of things in there when they're, when they're coming up I, I don't know i don't know what it's oh, called yeah, right. yeah, but yeah. it's great i mean it it's yeah it's flat at first but boy when they get it full of water it stretches way out right. and then that's when the um the, the krill and whatever else fish so there's certain types of fish right. so uh, anyway after they've spent six months feeding then it's fall and it's time to come down to warmer waters warmer waters and that's where the um uh, silverbanks co comes in and they do not they do not eat anything when the whole time they're down in the silverbanks and wow they when they get when they get to the silverbanks and it's this this way all around this some all these other places we're talking about the silver banks they the first thing that happens is they calf they have they have their the babies. babies yeah and then they have to 
feed those babies with uh, mama's milk, right. their mammals, and at some point when the baby gets a little bit older and stronger, then mother starts to say, okay, it's time to have babies. I mean, to make more, to right. make more babies. Right. So they, they do, you can see them out there breaching and, and I mean, I've got a picture, I think of one in here, they're actually doing it. Um, now this is, this is the, the, the cruising boats that we go out into and, and I mean, we, the guides are here, the cameras are here, the, the people that are, I mean, everybody's excited about this. This it, is a it, fun, it like the boat fun is like half trip. the size of the. Oh, it's a, it's, uh, this is the, you know, the same thing, you know, except these, these whales. Look. Now this is, this is one that, that, yeah, he's breaching, but he's also, he's gonna, he's gonna make love. Mount. Yeah. He's, mount he's gonna the, make, yeah. The, he, the cow. And you can see our boat right there. The oh, boats wow. go, okay. that's where they go. That's their garage. Gotcha. It's, it's a really an interesting thing. I, I probably could tell you about, <laughs> this is a, this is another picture of what this whale was doing. Oh, and we're going to run out of time. I, and I hate to run out of time. Cause, it's okay. Okay. Now, so we we understand what the humpbacks are are doing in the silver banks and why they don't eat because they don't need to they've been eating enough up there that's all they do and so now they're making love and chasing each other around it and the the whales are literally breaching jumping out of the water everywhere i mean you can see them like like you see sparrows in the right it's unbelievable how many whales there are out there and, and they're all humpbacks these are all humpbacks okay yes all right so we were allowed to wear snorkel equipment but you cannot dive the the whales don't like it and you don't want to make the whales mad mm -hmm. um so we we had a, a, a morning swim and an afternoon swim five days and it was it was just fun and, and the experts the guys who run this are so intelligent about hump he's this guy's been doing humpback whale this research for 17 years right. yeah yeah th yeah their he's life's work absolutely yeah i mean he knows probably more about humpback whales than anybody in the world and i'm sure some people would argue that you know this there's smart people everywhere but he he's comes out of fort lauderdale florida and he knows what he's doing and he's he's good at it this these trips are to help fund his research okay we're cool. all of it's about giving him money to, oh, to cool. continue yeah. and he's been doing he's been doing great for 17 years i mean and this boat he's got it set up it's a lab all right so everybody's doing fine everybody's having fun and and it's the last day we go out and boat two finds boat one and it just happened to you know we stopped and chit-chatted with them a little bit and uh 
they were talking about what was going to happen for the rest of the day right. and then all of a sudden there's this loud loud holler and we look look out and this is happening to the head of who i was just wow. telling you about the, the lead scientist yeah he this whale was literally you know it's it, it's coming up under these people and lifting them up <laughs> and then gently dropping them down in the water playing i mean yeah. it was like playing is the only thing we could we could determine but he would come up give you a, a little ride if to, to call it that and then the whale would go down and slowly swim it was almost ballet it was almost melodic it was just slow not in a hurry going up and just choosing somebody else next this wow. went on for an hour and a half <laughs> to all in anyone that wanted to play yeah Mar martha joe jumped out of the I'll water i mean <laughs> no yeah. did you do it yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. So picked up by a whale five, yeah five times wow yeah and i've got pictures martha joe took pictures of me like this wow okay and then i got to thinking you know hey, i'm the photographer i better take some pictures yeah. you know because <laughs> i don't know about hers and i didn't tell her that but so i got out and and took pictures of you know what was going on and it was it was a, an event for a lifetime to 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 be able to do this this whale was so gentle and it initiated all of the sheep well obviously you can't really yeah ask it to do it i mean it's no you know, no it, it was there just at the whimsy of we, we were kind of like the the elephant except this one didn't charge and get ugly whimsical. yeah <laughs> well listen but, i have enjoyed you coming on here i have enjoyed uh, uh our time together thanks for taking time sure, out of your day absolutely, um, yeah, you're always yeah. it's always a pleasure to talk to you uh i know this was a, a lot a big ask um it was, we it was got through the, it we got through it it was at the last <laughs> moment um and uh, now tell tell people the name of your books okay one of them is still in in uh <laughs> it's a it's a process right now it doesn't have a name uh the, the first book is from sea to shining sea and you know as like i do that the last c is se spelled s-e-e -E. the first one is s-e-a and so i mean it makes it makes some sense this is this is can this be available on amazon or no it's it's it was a limited edition this is a limited print 300 so good luck getting one very very expensive book <laughs> yeah i remember you produce. telling me yeah yeah we had a yeah. thing a long time ago at the brewery when you first came out with it so but Thank well, you. Yeah, yeah, we had the. Uh, thank the, you, seriously. The this has been yeah. a pleasure, and I'll let you know when all this is up. And uh, um, thanks for watching. Again, my guest has been uh, Dr. Danny Kimberlin. Uh,
OB, former OBGYN <laughs> and uh, once an OBGYN always, always, always I get asked and, questions every day and uh, <laughs> over 108 countries um, and you're gonna have to come back on and tell us more of these stories and this we is barely just, got through the I, door I know it's fascinating <laughs> I told you you had he had a, he had a list of about 15 things to talk about I said if we talk about three of them I'll be impressed and we got about three done so that's good and we didn't even we didn't even just tap the surface of them so yeah yeah this the uh, you go ahead and finish, and I'll I'll tell you how this. How <laughs> we'll talk this, more off air. This, well, thank this you for watching uh, uh, this episode of the Logical Podcast. Obviously, you can see my guest is passionate about uh, the stories and, and the life experiences that he has to share. But uh, tune in uh, for the next one. And again, uh, thanks, Mike Weatherford, uh, for letting all this happen. Appreciate you guys. See you.